The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Live from wherever you happen to be, it's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. And now, here's your host, curator of the hall, Jamie Dew. I think I need an umbrella, you know, an umbrella to keep those little twinkles away from this gorgeous mane of hair that I have going on. It feels like those twinkles would be would be damp. You know, it, they just feel like damp twinkles. Uh, again, I want to thank Casey Lyons for creating that theme and Doug Denance, the wonderful VO man, for doing uh, a tremendous job with the VO. Welcome to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. I am Jamie Dew, and it behooves me to ask you to wipe your goddamn feet at the door. This is a special place. In case this is your first time here, the SNL Hall of Fame is a weekly podcast where I invite a guest to come on the show and add a nominee to the ballot in one of four categories, cast member, host, musical guest, or writer. From there, once the ballot is filled, we turn it over to you, the listener, who becomes you, the voter, and you will have an opportunity to select many of your favorites. If they achieve 51% of the ballot, they will be inducted into the SNL Hall of Fame. How exciting is that? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's very exciting. And what's even more exciting is today we are featuring... A real special cast member. Um, it sounds trite of me to say special in light of the fact that he has passed away, but I truly can tell you that I would tell you that Norm MacDonald was special even if he were still alive and kicking right now. Norm MacDonald was my first year university hero. He was the man that uh, got us to leave the pub and go and watch Weekend Update. We wanted to see what bizarre shit he would do. And we really, our, my little group really enjoyed it. He spoke to us and we loved it. So it suffice to say, I've followed his career, his sitcom. He had a, uh, a sports show. I loved his podcast. If you haven't listened to his podcast, find the one where he speaks to Super Dave, Bob Einstein, and that is just a tour de force of comedy greatness. But there's also some really oddball ones too. There's a Billy Bob Thornton one that's really good. Uh, it's just it was it was a tremendous podcast, and that sort of segued itself into the Netflix show. But earlier this year, we learned that. You know, during all of this, Norm had been battling cancer and uh, he courageously fought and didn't let any of us know, 
didn't let us inside the curtain to know how bad he was hurting and the treatments he was going through. And to me, that is, is, um, a tremendous blow when the news came out that he had indeed passed away. It was a very sad day for me. And, uh, it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. So, I'm real fortunate today to be joined by an SNL scholar, uh, Andy Hogland, who will take us through the career of Norm MacDonald and why the trajectory that he was on in only four short years leads to uh, a spot on the ballot of the SNL Hall of Fame. I don't want to make too fine a point of it, but the man could have been a genius. (laughs) He could have been a genius. And we're going to explore that genius today with Andy and the help of a sketch and uh, just some great reminiscing, some great uh, storytelling from Mr. Hogland. So I will throw it over to the interview at this point. I encourage you to listen on let me know what you think. Send me an email, jamie at snlhof.com, if you agree with us or if you think we're out to lunch. This is Andy Hogland on Norm MacDonald. I think that that's kind of the consensus around Norm is is you felt like he was the comedian or the anchor or the cast member that got it, you know, and, and you and he were on the same side and kind of looking at things with the same skewed arched eyebrow. Um, so even, you know, if I'm not old enough to have been of age when he was really, you know, the guy at, a, at the update desk, you know, it, it, you always, from his talk show appearances, you know, to his stand up, you know, or his roasts or, or whatever, you always kind of felt that kinship with him, that, that you guys, you understood the world and comedy in a way that, that few others didn't. That was his magic. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a great quote from Lorne, uh, or, or it's actually from Norm, sorry, talking to Lauren, you know, about making Michael Jackson jokes and Lauren saying, do you, you know, like, do you really want to be uh, sued by Michael Jackson? And, and Norm yes. being like, yes, yeah, that would be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So just not, you know, just not giving a shit, but uh, being, you know, sort of punk rock and being, um, uh, like ahead of the like it, it feels like he was one step ahead of us the whole time you know this is a guy that started on the show as a as a writer hired at the same time as Sarah Silverman David Tell and I'm blanking on the last one um Jay Moore it was Jay Moore and really you know, if you think about it, he's the only one that managed to, you know, make it out of that little, little group on SNL. 
uh, and, and be a standout on SNL, despite what Rolling Stone, you know, might tell you. Um, so that's really interesting to me. And it's also interesting to me that he, he comes of age at a time in, you know, the, the mid nineties where there's sort of a cynicism, you know, going on and his voice, his voice, you know, sort of echoes that. And for me really spoke to it. Like, uh, he was an absolute can't miss, uh, on Saturday nights for me, but you Andy, uh, are the guest here. And I'm curious about what you think in terms of Norm Macdonald and, you know, the, those earlier years. I mean, he kind of comes in at this tail end b- before the Groundlings really seize back control of the show. And that, you know, performance style uh, starts to redefine what SNL is. You know, I mean, Lauren's um, return to the throne, so to speak, uh, you know, in the mid 80s, it, it starts out with that kind of bizarre Anthony Michael Hall season, right? <laughs> And then he kind of doubles down on the fact that stand-up is all the rage. And, you know, a, a lot of the, the heavy hitters, you know, Hartman and Lovitz aside, um, or, or Mike Myers, you know, maybe maybe my ratio's off, but a ton of them are stand-ups, right? Yeah, yeah. Schneider, Standler, Spade. And Norm is, is kind of the, the last of that, um, that era to kind of break in and is kind of around... As the show is transitioning into the Will Ferrell Catan style comedy, which I would argue is kind of still there in the show's DNA. I mean, you you do see stand-ups in the the current SNL, uh, but you you don't really see that. You don't really feel that singular voice, you know, that that bad boy edge that you right, did right. in in the early '90s. And and Norm is is kind of the last uh, torchbearer there. You know, he comes in '93. Moore and, and Silverman don't make it. Attell, you know, it doesn't really break through. He stays a writer and, and, and leaves quietly, essentially. Uh, but Norm is, is able to, to kind of gel and, and get along with folks, you know, as, as, as Farley and uh, Sandler and, and Schneider leave. You know, I, I think he overlaps with Spade the most out of that bunch. Um, but I, I just find it fascinating, these guys who... They come up during this definitive era in the early 90s, which, you know, was an extension of the, the late 80s troupe. Uh, but then you also associate him being on the show with Will Ferrell, you know? Um, so he's he's a bridge in that sense. He really is. And there's nobody else that really made it uh, and, as and far again, as like, that bridging. And, and like you said, Norm was, or his comedy could be very cynical. I'm not sure that he was cynical um, as a person, but he had that very singular edge, that, that stand-up mentality, and yet here he is, you know, in sketches with Molly Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's very interesting that he's deceptively, um, uh, what's the word, uh, like, uh, versatile, I guess. I would say so. I was thinking tonight, you know, as I was going through my notes and it was like, you can name half a dozen Norm characters as well as the fact that he was the, uh, the anchor of weekend update and he was only there for four years. And and this is someone who comes into the game being like, I'm not a sketch performer. I'm not this. I'm not that I'm a right. I'm, I'm a stand up, and that's it. 
And no, exactly right. I I have a, a couple points here that that I want to make as as part of my case. And the first one uh, is he's a deceptively great impressionist. Um, yes. You know, and 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 you don't think of Norm having any kind of range. You know, he he has that sort of cadence. You know, that that everyone can impersonate. You know, that that sort of flow and delivery. Uh, you don't think of him as being, you know, uh, like a Daryl Hammond or a Jeff Richards or uh, a James Austin Johnson. Um, and you don't really think of him as a Dana Carvey either, you know? No. And yet, you know, for a stand-up and someone so upfront with their limitations as a performer, he has several home run impersonations. Yes. His Burt Reynolds and his his Bob Dole being the most iconic. Yep. But man, like his his David Letterman, his love letter to Letterman. You know, his Larry King is great. Even his Karen Tarantino is great, you know? I love his Tarantino. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't know if I'll go to bat for his Tommy Lee, per se. <laughs> um, or his Andy Rooney is great, too. I, I'm just looking at the list right now. Um, I totally he, he forgot it. about Andy Rooney. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love, um, I think it's the, the Jim Brewer story, which has a homophobic undertone or overtone about Chris Kattan. It's when, uh, like, Pamela Lee's on, I guess, and, right. uh, you know, uh, Catan is, is heckling Norm, trying to nail a Rod Serling impression. And then when it came time for, for air, Norm just, like, busts out this, this A-plus Serling, you know? <laughs> um, so anyway, I don't want to belabor the point, but deceptively great impressionist, you know, you, you can't... I mean, who's more iconic than his Burt Reynolds? His Bob Dole is one of the, the, the great presidential candidates Absolutely. you know even even if he's channeling Aykroyd a little bit when he does it um you, you never would have thought about it he's he's you know understated I think I used that word before but he's understated and and deceptively strong at doing impressions absolutely yeah I, I just and and that and that was with again sitting at the desk there's no other weekend up uh no other weekend update anchor I can think of outside of Jimmy Fallon uh, who was thrust into that role, really, uh, that, that that did what Norm did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you kind of think of Update being an island, so to speak. That's right. It certainly has become that, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it's almost noteworthy when you see Colin Jost popping up as, as Mayor Pete or something, you know? Exactly. Um, but Norm was a part of the show, um, which kind of harkens back to, you know, like Chevy Chase was was part of the show. Um, you know, he he wasn't just resigned to to update. He would appear in sketches. Right, you of know? course. That was and so, then, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you kind of go through a weird lull when it's not even known as update. Right. Right. Um, and then by the time Lauren comes back and Dennis Miller really takes the reins, he sort of reasserts that, no, I, I do update and. You know, besides a handful of other sketches, you, you don't really see Miller and stuff. No. Um, when Kevin Nealon goes to update, he kind of withdraws from from doing sketch work uh, to an extent. To an extent. To an extent. Yep. Um, but but yeah, yeah, you, you see Norm doing a lot of the different things during his time on the show. Right. And that time on the show was such a small amount of time. Four years. Uh, and he left such an incredible mark. Yeah, I mean, can, can actually let's let's contextualize Norm a little bit for a moment, shall we? Yeah. You know, when SNL 40 came out, famously Rolling Stone 
ranks Norm near the bottom of their their list of you know cast members. Like That's he's right. like one thirty five out of one forty or, or or something like that. You know, it's brutal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's like like almost malicious how how like they call him the dennis miller clone which you're like what like what were you guys smoking man like like can i get a hit of that like dennis miller clone like what are you talking like do you watch the show they both had dark hair i suppose <laughs> yeah like i would we should have a podcast where we make the case that norm is a dennis miller clone i would i would listen to that like like what would be the argument you know um but uh but yeah so let's let's start there that that norm is has always been underappreciated to a certain extent which actually goes to his appeal the it, fact that he he comes out and he's like i'm not a performer i'm not this i'm not that i'm not i'm not good at this i'll, I'll tell jokes that aren't funny that that the audience hates you know like he he's so contrarian about it that it feeds into this inclination to you know uh rank him low or or, or think past his skills or think past his contributions but that's clearly a mistake because now you know i feel like especially now he's he's departed which is so crazy but to me he's a near consensus pick for for greatest weekend update anchor of all time i i think he's on the podium for sure yeah like if he's not if he's not gold medal he's he's on the podium (laughs) yeah well said and that's just you know again I'm, i'm 35 it's just an amazing watching that trajectory in real time going from you know he gets fired from it and rolling stone rakes him almost dead last and you know again hindsight's 2020 when people pass away but i think even before that people were reevaluating him and being like okay like he sort of set the you know to use your gold standard a little bit <laughs> i see what you uh, in there. terms of update like you definitely see it in toast and che they're they're definitely trying to channel norm when they're doing their thing you oh, know absolutely yeah absolutely um, but yeah he he's kind of set the mold a little bit i mean for a long time it was chevy and everyone was kind of living up to chevy's mold but now i kind of think it's norm a little bit you know like he, yeah i think so too like it's it's Norm and Chevy and I don't know who else you'd put on like you just said like the Olympic gold medal bronze type stuff like maybe it's Norm and Chevy and Tina Fey maybe in terms of influence like who was really influential you know oh that that would be I think that's a that's a very strong pantheon there yeah I yeah think so and I and I and I am a Dennis Miller guy I love Dennis Miller me too you know? like every, everyone too. hates on him now but I love what he did at Update I think he kind of set the ship right you know but yeah that's a different podcast uh, I was I was 14 watching him or 13 watching him and to me he he was the absolute coolest guy on the I'm planet I'm sure he had you know? like the long hair and <laughs> you know the snark and the giggle I mean that's a different show entirely you yeah know? <laughs> um but yeah I mean how can you even you know, I mean, so many people have told the stories about the Norm arc at Update, you know, and, and going in with Jim Downey and, and you know, wanting to kind of be the punk rock of, of comedy, essentially. And then taking on the bosses, getting getting thrown out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been, it's like like myth at this point. You can't imagine it in, in today's landscape. Well, it really has, the narrative has really changed in terms of, and I'm not sure what the absolute truth is and if if we'll ever really know but the the narrative of his leaving update you know always was the omeyer stuff and then in more recent years it's that he was in that uh island of i don't careness you know just him and jim downey just sitting there 
you know, not taking orders from anybody and just doing whatever the hell they wanted. Right. And enjoying themselves. And and he almost thinks that now, or, or he, you know, well, he said yeah. toward I mean, the end that that might've been more what it was. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's depending on your perspective and your vantage point, it's kind of both, you know, I, I, I don't think that it's this cartoonish, you know, he took on the authority and, the, you know, it's it's not a movie, right? Like the, the fact is, is that NBC executives are, and I think Norm said this, maybe they're watching Jay Leno and they're seeing him in his monologues, kill it, like hit home runs every night, five days a week or whatever. Uh, and then they're watching Norm and it's crickets. And I think, you know, these guys are running a business, you know, they're they're not... You know, they're not doing this for charity. They're like, what's what's the deal here? <laughs> like, why is this <laughs> sinking the show so bad? I, I think that's their vantage point. It, it's not a crazy idea either, you know? Well, do you, like, I mean, there are some where you, you do hear the audience, like, do nothing. They just don't react to the joke or the punchline of the joke. Like, what do you suppose that was? Was that, was that, uh him just being that ahead of the curve or the audience not knowing what the hell he was talking about or, or were they really sort of just not digging what he was giving them? Uh, I think it's like all the above, you know, but uh, I, I think with, with Norm, he went in there determined to not pander. It was anti pandering comedy. It was, landing the jokes that he wanted to land and the way that he wanted to land them. Uh, you know, and again, it, it really was that sort of outlaw country style of, of joke telling, you know, just the raw distillation of, of, of comedy. And, you know, when you're operating on, on that terrain, you know, like not everyone's going to kind of catch your drift. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's, he's telling jokes about, you know, Frank Stallone and, and whatnot, you know, like it's, it's just very, you have to kind of appreciate it, you know, <laughs> yeah, Frank Stallone, my yeah. gosh, um, you got to hand it to Lauren here, you know, uh, kept him in the, kept him in the gig for a while. And if, if you believe what you read, he, that was the reason Al Franken left the show was because he didn't get the update and right. Norm and Norm got it, and t- to me that would have been a real easy move for Lauren to go to Al Franken and, yeah, yeah, and sort his of get buddy. yeah right yeah his buddy get you know sort of more of what has been going on it would have been I think it would have been the throwback uh, I I love Al Franken mm-hmm. so I don't think it would have been bad by any stretch but it sure would have been different than what we ended up getting yeah I, I mean you you look at what Franken did. Uh, right after joining, you know, Air America, talk radio, whatnot, like that, that probably would have been what update was in some form, almost an early daily show or something like that. Right, right. Or, you know, some extension of some of his update pieces, right? Like he, he was not a stranger to update. So it's not hard to kind of squint and imagine what that alternate universe would have been like. Um, that's, that's kind of one of the, you know, alternate scenarios as is, you know, the, the discussions around giving Norm a co-host, like Laura Keitlinger or something, which a little bit is a black eye on, on Norm's, you know, legacy, how, how he reacted how he's to that. reacted yeah. to that, yes. Yeah, he said um, some pretty terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's part of it. It's all bundled together, right? You can't, you can't just, right. uh, yeah. you know, sanitize the what, guy. What, 
No, and nor nor should we. And I don't think you know. Um, ultimately, you know, nor more that. But uh, let's move on. <laughs> about a year after norm leaves the show and he leaves the show sort of in a strange boat right because it's december the last episode of december is his last episode behind the update desk and then he comes back the next year and stays on for about half of the half of the second half and then he's gone right so what what do we what do we know about the way that went down? Like, was he was he pulled from? Like, it, it's confusing to me because if he was like fired, then why wasn't he fired like right away? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he lingered. Well, they they fired him from update desk, and okay. you know they yeah. they wanted him to go back to sketch work, um, you know, celebrity Jeopardy and all that, which we should probably talk about. And yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, at a certain point, it's kind of embarrassing, right? It's like you, you've lost the, right. lost the big gig and you're, you've been downgraded to demotion. Right. I, in a, in a sense. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I think at some point he comes out with dirty work, right? Um, I'm trying to think of, of that was 98. I'm trying to think of one he would have, you know, um, been filming that and whatnot because I think that's the summer. So it's it's probably he's got dirty work on his plate at that point. So maybe he's just kind of rolling rolling with it a little bit. Gotcha. And then he's gone. And then yeah, dirty work comes out that summer. But then the next year he comes back to host the show. You know, and what what kind of surprised me about that is he has a sitcom at that point. But it's not an NBC sitcom, you know, like <laughs> the norm shows on ABC. But it's just this guy is is always the underdog. He's always kind of coming back and popping. Like, it's not like he's promoting anything or I mean, he's promoting a sitcom, I suppose, but it's on a different network. It's not like he's got a, you know, a movie out or anything. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I think he's in like Man in the Moon, but he, that's like Man on the Moon. But it's like that's a cameo. You know, he's playing it's Michael. So Richards. strange. Yeah, um, like Screwed doesn't come out until that summer or the next summer, I think. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk about some of his, uh, you know, sort of memorable moments or marquee moments. Like what would be the, if there were a video below his plaque in the Hall of Fame, what would it, what would it be playing? Uh, I would say um, Celebrity Jeopardy, obviously. Yeah. Right? Uh, the Bob Dole stuff, obviously. I mean, probably the car accident sketch with Stallone, right? No, I don't remember that one. Oh, you don't remember that one where uh, Stallone comes upon Norm. Norm's just been in a car accident. And as he's laying there dying, all Norm can talk about is is like how like Oscar sucked and like stop or my mom will shoot sucked. <laughs> and eventually like Stallone like punches the guy, you know, and they're like, how could you punch, you know, someone who's, you know, going into a coma or whatever, you know? Um, I mean, I think Cobras and Panthers is probably up there. Right? <laughs> um, with Robert Downey, the return of Robert Downey Jr. I did not 
Yes, you did. Hey, 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 knock it off. Remember, you're both cobras. Yeah, we're both cobras. Yeah, we gotta stick together. Yeah. You're a cobra boy, and don't you forget it. Cause when you're in trouble, you won't have to sweat it. You're a cobra boy. All right, so, uh, let's see. What the hell was that? Hey, what was what? You just sang. Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah. Hey, guys, the heat's on. Oh, what's up, Johnny? The Panthers, they got Rocco. They messed him up real bad. Uh, that's it, we Cobras are gonna fight back. We're gonna hit them with all we got. You yeah. bet. Yeah. We're gonna hit them with all we got. And as Cobras, we got a lot. We're fast and we're strong and we're tough. We'll teach them the meaning of rough Cause we're the Cobras So you better look out What? How you come up with a song so fast? I don't know, just, just came to me, what about me? Just came to you, it was perfect, it was like you rehearsed it or something. Oh, thank you. Okay, look, here's what we're gonna do. You go over hey, to hey, me. Hey, hey, what? Did you really like it? What? The song. Did I really like it? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Hey, hey, I like another song too, you know? You know this one? It's called, uh, While You Were Singing, I Got Stabbed in the Head by a Puerto Rican. <laughs> do you know that one? I don't know. Ah, shut up. Look, here's the plan. Get over here, guys. The Panthers hang around 34th and Maine. They're pretty juiced by midnight. And that's when we strike. Right. right. That's when we... That's when we strike, we're gonna hit them at night. Oh, and when the Cobras are done, there won't be a one left standing. Oh, so look out, Panthers, cause we're the Cobras. What are you doing? We're being cobras. Ah, look, that's it, that's it. What is up with you guys? What? He started singing, then he started singing, then he started singing, then he started singing. So I started singing. It happens. No, it does not happen. This was clearly choreographed. Well, you know, he was dancing, and I saw what his legs were doing. I kind of copied it like that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <sighs> Don't ask, it's... The Panthers! The Panthers are coming to get you! <gasps> yeah, I saw them down the street! Okay, now listen up, here's the plan. We're gonna ambush the Panthers, and here's how we're gonna do it. Johnny, go over there. Big Jake, you get over here. The rest of you, hide behind me. Ooh, what should I do? What should you do? Beat it! Oh. <laughs> well, 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 what do we have here? Looks like a little cobra all on his own. Yeah. Hey, you don't look so tough without your boys. No. Hey, Panthers, it's time to stomp some cobra. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Johnny. <laughs> oh, no, that's not good. Okay, uh, Big Jake. Oh. oh, God, this isn't working out. Oh. Oh, my God. 
being cobras. Uh, what do you do? You call that being a cobra? Boy, show what it means to be a panther. Panthers! Cobras! Combined with update, those would be my four or five, uh, you know, Hall of Fame plaque moments. Yeah. Celebrity Jeopardy is a wonderful showcase for people doing impersonations. Uh, you know, like letting letting the letting some of the people do some of their quirkier per impersonations, and then you know you get Farrell with his Trebek and and um, and of course uh, Daryl Hammond. Just a wonderful idea, but Turt Ferguson? Like, where does that even come from? <laughs> and yeah. and it remains like I don't know whether I saw it more this year because of his passing, but at Halloween, I saw so many Turt Ferguson costumes this year. <laughs> As well, you should. As well, you should. Just a big hat. <laughs> um, and I actually tweeted about this um, somewhat recently that. Um, you know, there's been some discussion about the origins of Celebrity Jeopardy. You know, Steve Higgins credits his wife for coming up with the initial concept, um, which led to him kind of writing it with Adam McKay. But Norm, as we know, says that he got the idea from Halfwits, from SCTV. Ah. Um, so it's one of those, you know, who's the real authors? It's some combination of the truth type of thing. Man, if only, um, if only we had access then that we do now, you know, like so that we could see, oh, well, this person wrote this sketch and this person, like, if there were a uh, a physical SNL Hall of Fame and it housed the scripts, you know, or right. pages that we could look back on and, and just see, because it's 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 got to be clear. Right now, we're just hearing two different stories. Right. I mean, I think Norm and, and Higgins wrote a lot of them. Um you know, and let, like, let's just take a moment and talk about Celebrity Jeopardy. It first comes out almost 25 years next month. I don't know what day this is going to air, but it comes, I think the first one is December 7th, 1996. You have Farrell as Trebek, Norm as Burt, Daryl Hammond as Sean Connery, and then Martin Short from Halfwits is Jerry Lewis. And I, I think <laughs> Norm had said that he created the sketch to get his Reynolds on the show. <laughs> really yeah um oh, wow <laughs> and uh, apparently norm was or uh not norm apparently burt reynolds was a fan of celebrity jeopardy which surprised norm understandably you know and i, I think reynolds wanted to come on the show and, and punch him out sometime um you know and that would be like the premise you know like kind of how like joe pesci came to the joe pesci show or, right, or whatever right. um but I think Norm was fired from SNL before they could ever pay implement it, that. Yeah. Pay it off. Right. Oh, that's a shame. That's a darn shame. Yeah. I can see, you know, if, if it didn't go the way it did, I can see him being, you know, just staying in New York and just doing the show, like continuing to do the show now. And that just wasn't, it just wasn't the case then, you know, it was, um, no. yeah. 
you know, most people did like a three to five year stint and that was it. And it got me thinking about other people who have done three to five year stints and outside of, you know, the, the people that really exploded, Belushi, Farley, uh, Eddie Murphy, you know, that did three to five years and were just tour de forces. I don't know that there's a cast member in that bracket that's, you know, Aykroyd made a, made a, bigger mark on left a bigger mark on the show well certainly like, not in the last like two decades right yeah, um, yeah. like now it's everyone stays for <laughs> so long <laughs> yeah, and you true. have you have cast members who you know they do their three to four years before they really break out right like <laughs> that's what it seems like now yeah yeah like, like baseball now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's like melissa via senor i love her but she's been on for six years and still kind of feels like she's in her second or third year right absolutely Absolutely. She's, she shows up in what, two or three sketches, right? You know, and as a six year person, you would think she'd be, she'd be the anchor of the show. Right. Like using the old school metrics, I suppose. Right. Um, so, I mean, you brought up Norm hosting SNL, right? Yeah. Uh, and he, I think beyond that, he just makes one other appearance, doesn't he? On the, he's on the 40th. Well, not, I'm not counting the special. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I don't. I don't recall. I. I think the only other one. Uh, I, I'd love for your your listeners to fact check me, but it's uh, the Good Night Saigon sketch with uh, Will Ferrell. I believe. You know, a lot of former cast members and hosts they come out at the end. Remember, they're they're singing Billy Joel, and Norm comes out with Artie Lang, and that's the only time that Artie Lang has ever appeared on SNL. <laughs> and the the legend of that is that he was on Mad TV the same night, right? Right, right. Um, but, um, yeah, so I think that's the last time that, that Norm shows wow. up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Then other than, you know, like, he, he certainly wasn't in the bad books. Like, it didn't seem. But, yeah, he just didn't. He did his one he, and that was it. Besides he, the 40th, like you said. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't the kind of guy to just show up in New York and pop pop on the show, I guess. Right. Yeah, I, I I don't know, you know. Again, I I don't think that that's because he's in any sort of bad books or anything, but just uh, not the vibe. Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you had to sum it up in a in a short paragraph or so, why does Norm Macdonald belong in the SNL Hall of Fame? Like we said, deceptively great impressionist. Near consensus goat for greatest update anchor, great sketch writer, whether it's celebrity Jeopardy or not. But also, look, he loved the institution. He was a yeah. student of comedy. He respected his elders. You know, we, we've seen that from so many different podcast appearances. He loved talking about SNL. He loved talking about his interactions with guys like Eddie Murphy or Rodney Dangerfield. So he, you brought up cynicism, and I, I don't disagree that that was his style. But I, as a person, I, I don't think that he was a cynic. I think that he genuinely loved comedy, obviously. Letterman, the Letterman appearance is iconic. And I think he loved being on SNL, um, which you're, you're right. Like, there's, again, an alternate universe where, you know, Norm could have stuck it out for longer. Norm could have come back more, you know, like he was on Conan O'Brien so many times. Why, why wasn't he popping up in SNL more, you know? <laughs> good. Yeah. Good point. Really good point. Cause he was, uh, you know, he was virtually, uh, 
a second Andy Richter on Conan O'Brien when he was on there so often. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I I tweeted about this not too long ago that uh, apparently Norm's frequent booking on Conan's Tonight Show was, you know, in a weird twist back to the update controversy, one of the reasons why Conan was eventually singled out and let go. That, you know, you, you have the you know, the uh, bully pulpit of, of Tonight Show, you can practically choose whoever you want to be, uh, you know, booked and you select Norm MacDonald, which again, it's like network executives don't get that. Guys like me and you get that, like true comedy fans appreciate that, but that that doesn't play for a lot of people. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm just looking through a couple of my notes right now. I just want to rattle off a couple couple yeah, stats and yeah, yeah, yeah. um, get your reaction about, about Norm, especially since, you know, this is, part eulogy, right? It's not just candidacy for his Hall of Fame. It's, it's also a tribute to the guy. Um, Will Ferrell co-wrote More Cowbell with Donnell Campbell and submitted it. You remember the host, Christopher Walken, right? Yeah. He originally submitted it for the Norm episode. Really? Yeah. So think about that. Oh my gosh. So that play, would be yeah. Imagine that as uh, Norm in that the producer role. Holy, um, yeah. I, I think Norm or uh, Lauren wasn't sure about the premise, though. I, I think it still played. I think Seth Meyers has talked about that it, it was submitted a bunch of times before it made it on air. That's that's fantastic. What a great Paul. Um, here's another little trivia nugget for you. Uh, 1993. Or that era, Norm Macdonald. Who's his uh, office mates? Isn't isn't it Rock and Farley and Sandler? Well, I think at one point it was Spade and Mike Judge. I think had an office with. Them. Oh my gosh, that's a great room. Yeah, Norm and Mike Judge together. Wow. Um, Norm Macdonald's favorite weekend update joke. Yippee! Jerry Rubin died last week. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, yippee! Jerry Rubin died last week. <laughs> so that actually that goes in the real. That's got to go in the real, right? Yeah. That and the homosexual pedophile are, or, or David Hasselhoff are like the best update jokes. Is the is that the the Lisa Marie Presley and Michael Jackson? Yeah, he's a yes. homosexual pedophile. <laughs> Uh, she's a stay-at-home. She's a stay-at-home gal. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this has been really wonderful talking to you about. Of course. The late great Norm Macdonald, who spells his name strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He really you know? spells it out. <laughs> yeah. Norm Macdonald, but yeah. there's no uppercase D. Usually, there's an uppercase D in in the Donald, <laughs> and he goes lowercase. So right, right. He's a cool cat to the end. Um, Andy, where can uh, people get more of you? They want more of me, man. I'm I'm living on the Twitter. You know, do you really do? I'm always there, always <laughs> on the Twitter. Um, that's at SNL and Review. Uh, it's the SNL and Review experience. Follow me. Or just watch passively and don't follow me. Either way. But I also write uh, the Entertainment Weekly recaps for SNL. So if you guys want to check out the show. I'm writing those in real time, too. So I'm, I'm delirious when I do them. <laughs> They're great. If you don't read them already, 
what are you thinking? Just start reading them because they're, yeah. really, they're really, <laughs> oh, thank you. They're really fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I'm writing them like as the show is happening. So sometimes I like read it back and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting insight or, oh, I was way off there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I like to include like, you know, SNL alum giving their commentary, like Siobhan Fallon just gave some commentary in the Kieran Culkin episode. Um, you know, I have Jeff Richards on a bunch, Gary Kroger, um, people like that. Um, but yeah. And then if people want to read my, uh, my vulture interviews, I did one with Jim Belushi a couple months ago. Um, so I try to like, actually like meet the people out and hang out with them, get a feel for who they are. Very neat. Very neat. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. Yeah, of course. It was always a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it for another episode of the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. I really want to thank Andy for joining me. If you're not reading his stuff on EW and the occasional interview that he does elsewhere, uh, he mentioned Vulture in, in the sit down that we had, you're missing out. This is a real passionate fan who's got a, a, a great way with the keyboard and the man lives on Twitter. <laughs> He's been serenading us recently with some uh, really great Colin Jost information, but he's always got interesting tidbits, tidbitting up on Twitter. So there's that. Uh, I thought it was a great conversation, and I thought that uh, we covered the bases. You know, there's going to be people that suggest that I should have put some weekend update jokes in there, but I feel as though when Norm passed, most fans sought that out themselves, and I thought that it was nice to throw in a little uh, sketch rather than to show the versatility that Mr. McDonald had and delivered on the show. So that's it for this week. Please rate and review us if you don't already or haven't already and share and subscribe, share using whatever social media platform is the uh, hot one of the day or subscribe to us wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. That would be real helpful. I thank you so much for listening. If you've got any information for me, you want to drop me a line. For any reason at all, of course you can do that at jamie at snlhof.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. But for now, that's what I have for you. And as you walk past, turn out the lights, because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. You can find everything you need to know about the show at snlhof.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next month in the hall.
Podcasts and such.